Welcome. Everything is fine. This is a Good Place Podcast, brought to you by Nerdy Things Pod Productions. We are the Nerdy Boys. I am Tim. This is Kevin and Jules. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hey-o. Yes, we are Everything is Fine, a Good Place Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the hit NBC TV show, The Good Place. Every Monday, we come at you with one of our episodes for one of their episodes. We are presently in catch-up mode, trying to get on track for the premiere of season three on September 27th. We are going to have to release some double episodes to get there, but if you're binge watching or binge listening to this, it doesn't matter to you anyways. But if you would like to be part of our podcast in a more meaningful way than just listening or a more active way than just listening, you can go to Facebook and you can go search everything is fine on the top and we will pop up and we have a discussion group where we talk about cool stuff from each episode and when we get to season three we'll talk about cool stuff for like conjecture and predictions for the future and it's going to be a lot of fun we are also on instagram at everything is fine podcast and because we are part of nerdy things pod productions and the nerdy things podcast network you can find at nerdy things pod on every social media that exists and www.nerdythingspod.com dot com <laughs> hooray we did it yeah. not as not all the w's <laughs> last w's, last week i was just enough. w's everywhere i had extra w's like four different times in the podcast Coming out of his pockets it yeah. was weird i was just everywhere I was pulling i was pulling uh, up to the rim yeah i was pulling Brim. stuff out of everywhere <laughs> so anyways happy birthday to andy sandberg happy birthday how old is <laughs> he, he was he was like 40 40 Jake years Peralta. young Jesus Christ. Right. I was just talking about how that made us feel old because he was the young guy on SNL at one point. And now he's 40. And that's kind of related because Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a Michael Shore production, as is The Good Place. And we like to uh, celebrate everybody in the Shurniverse. So he still looks good. Jeez. He does. He looks he does. great. Oh. So he's a, yeah, you know what? Happy birthday, I, Sandberg. I read something on, on the um, book. Brooklyn Nine-Nine subreddit the other day where someone was like, you know, before watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I would have described the show as a child trapped in a cop's body. After watching the first <laughs> episode, I would have described it as uh, a, a child, like something else, blah, blah, blah. And then by the end, you're describing it as everyone in it. Everyone there is a child in a cop's body. And it's pretty much true. Like, as you learn more about those people, it's just like this show. You realize they are all just children. It's awesome. Well, they are just children, but I also think that they all kind of devolve to Jake Peralta's level. <laughs> Some. <laughs> they get caught into the Jake Peralta vortex and all just get brought down to his childlike wonderment that is really just fantastic. But anyways, <laughs> this is a good place I, podcast. And yeah. We're going to talk about that. So we always call back to the episode before. And last week, Michael went through this existential crisis where he grappled with reality and death which he dealt with by having a midlife crisis and just being a lunatic for a little while so guys you are let's say jake peralta's age you're turning 40 ish maybe getting into your mid 40s or whatever and you're going through a midlife crisis but you also have the power to conjure kind of whatever things you want how are how is your midlife crisis manifesting itself into the world uh i would just There'd be arcade cabinets everywhere, and I'd be in the middle of them crying. That's 
that's pretty much i mean i that's the only thing i can think are of. they all going off are they all like yeah you just get the lights you get the sounds it's like all the lights i don't know if anybody on. anybody here has ever been to fun spot up in in meredith new hampshire it's just basically sitting in the middle of fun spot weeping probably <laughs> over like i because i spilled uh some quarters on the ground and i don't feel like picking them up just <laughs> that because you got to the eighth level of Pac-Man and then got eaten and you just couldn't handle it. Right? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I kind of liked what he what he went through with the whole car thing. I feel like I would want to street race at some point during the, the crisis with the fastest car. But I also want, you know, like, uh, I, I love giraffes and I would just have a whole <laughs> bunch of giraffes just hanging around. Just giraffes. Riding them, just hanging out with their big long necks. Super, I don't know. Okay. They're like, Jules, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, I don't, just let me, just leave me there. Just leave me here with my drafts. I'm just uh, This one's Jeffrey, of course, Rip. <laughs> Rip Toys R Us. Aww. But you know, this is Jeffrey the second. Jeffrey, the, you know, just going through all of them. To- all hundred drafts. Toys R Us may have passed, but Jeffrey's still out there. He's just wandering the streets yeah. now alone. So he's looking for you to go through a midlife crisis and join him. Sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think. Drag, drag racing and uh, drafts. I think everybody has kind of the car thing you know, with a midlife crisis, but mine would be kind of, I don't know if it's just more boring because it's not like the fast muscle car, but I am completely fascinated by the Tesla SUV. Have you seen this Ooh. automobile? <laughs> okay. No, I am dead serious. Uh, I'm, I'm checking it out right now. I get now. it that it's like an EV, you know, that's, and that's its, its thing, but it is legit a spaceship. The, the wings go up like the DeLorean. Oh yeah. And there is, uh, di- yeah. There's like a 17-inch okay. tablet in the middle of this thing that is your nav system slash I'm going to find... Is it the one where the, the whole front screen just goes all the way up like to the ceiling? Pro- I think I think I've so seen it's, it. So it's like picture a tablet like an iPad in portrait oh, orientation, is. but it's a 17 or 19-inch iPad. So there's enough room to show your whole map and your GPS and then have a whole separate section on the bottom for whatever platform you're connecting it to your apple play or your android play to show your music and texts and all this other stuff but again the doors are the wings that open like the delorean yeah and just the whole inside of it looks like a spaceship yeah there we go and i am just all about driving around in that spaceship car i think it would be so cool and since i'm clearly into modes of transportation i think i would just be flying around because we like to fly in a luck dragon I just want Falcor to come and pick me okay. up. Betray you! <laughs> oh God! I'm coming to get you, betray you. I want to drive. I want to fly around in a luck dragon. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. If I'm having my midlife crisis in the good place. So, what are you gonna oh do in your midlife crisis, listeners? Join us in our Facebook discussion group this week, where we talk about our crazy midlife antics. So. That brings us to some news. And this week's news involves an interview with Kristen Bell, where she talked about a TV show that I'm sure we have fans who are also fans of the show, but none of the three of us watched it. I found out. (laughs) Veronica Mars was a thing. It was on, we believe, the UPN network before it became the CW, but after it was the WB. Yeah, that one. And... They made a movie a couple years back, which was partially fan funded, which I always think is super cool. So it was kind of like a love letter to the fans. 
And Kristen Bell said she totally still wants to make more Veronica Mars stuff. And so does Rob Thomas. Not the singer, which I found odd. Yeah, that, that was my first question. <laughs> right. I was like, is it that Rob Thomas? They have it italicized here in the article that I'm looking at. And I'm like, is that is that the guy? No, it's know. not Rob Thomas, the singer. It's Rob Thomas, the TV oh, producer, man. writer and director and whatever, who also does iZombie, which is supposedly also a pretty good show. Oh, yeah. But that one's good. But yeah, I mean, he wants to do it. She wants to do it. They only want to do it with each other. Well, except not that way. But well, they, maybe they I mean, hey, do, yeah, we it's know, 20 we know. anyway, man, don't shame. That's true. They only want to do the television show or movie with each other. He says he can't imagine doing it without her unless she didn't want to do it anymore. And she only wants to do the show with him. But she said that she wants this to happen so bad that she wants women detective. Like if you think women detective, you think of Veronica Mars. She said, I I know I can't supplant Sherlock Holmes because it's iconic and it's like going back generations. But if you think Mm -hmm. women detective... You want to think Veronica Mars. So she's got big plans. They got big plans around surrounding all this. Angela Lansbury. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. that's the thing. Okay. That's all I got. I got that and a- Nancy Drew. Apparently. Oh, Nancy Drew. That's a good one. Apparently, she said to Rob Thomas, she wants to do Veronica Mars as long as it doesn't turn into murder she wrote. So apparently she's along the same lines as you are. She Nailed just doesn't it. want to be 70 years old and solving <laughs> crimes. She wants to be younger. So, yeah, I, I think it would be cool. I mean, obviously, this is a thing that has a big fan base. And if the people involved are that passionate about it, I hope they're able to uh, to do it. But now I'm thinking, I don't know if it's on Netflix or not, but I'm thinking I might want to go back and uh, maybe get into Veronica Mars and see what that's all about. Yeah, I mean... Why not? They said it was can they canceled it in two thousand and seven. Why would why would they cancel it when they had enough like followership or people willing to do it to make a movie out of it? The internet wasn't a it thing was back partially then. Partially fan. Yeah. Oh really yeah. Wasn't. So, and a lot of this is is like people watching it afterwards because they're paying for Hulu or Netflix or right. I don't know Netflix in other countries where it's better than in the U.S. or whatever it is. I mean, there's so many different ways to watch it. Not not to mention. Like I said, I think it was on the UPN, and this had to be about the same time that it became the CW. So there was probably a change in management, and they probably kind of decided what they were going to keep and let go, and it just wasn't, it didn't fit their vision anymore. Yeah. Something like that. But, yeah, that's enough Veronica Mars talk. We know you guys come here for one reason. (laughs) We know you come here for one reason and one reason only. It's not to hear us yammer on about stuff including The Good Place, it's to get to a segment where we just quote the damn show because it's that good. So why don't we get into this week's edition of Out of Context Quotes of the Week. Jules, kick it off. All right, I got two of them. Um, (laughs) Cheaty, I've been around a long time, like all of it. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but I said my bad. (laughs) Those are my two. I love that one. I like, like that just yeah. makes it in his mind that makes it all yeah, good it's like i said my oh, bad boy come on uh kevin what do you got uh i i have he's just a bunch of evil shoved up the butt of an evil mannequin <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. uh, i have they're fake people but their pain is real <laughs> i love that one which I don't get. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> okay. She's That's soft when you know he's just forking with and him. And smooth, 
like a bunch of water balloons. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to continue yeah. that one. I feel like Tahani is embarrassed that I'm not some kind of scientist who forecloses on banks. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you yeah. got anything else, Kevin? Uh, no, I, I don't. There were too many. I had to pare it down. There, there, I literally just have a list of like 20 for this episode. This so. is There was a lot of good ones in this one. Is this a game? I go first. I call blue. <laughs> the only trolley I've been on is James Franco's. It travels back from his penguin grotto to his hall of adult tricycles. Oh my god. Well, obviously... And I believe that. Right? Well, obviously the dilemma is how to kill all five people. <laughs> well, that's a relief because some of the pieces of the fake people flew into my mouth! And that's all I got for this week's Out of Context. Quotes of the week. There you go. All right, Kevin, synopsize this episode for us, please. All right. So this episode sees the gang start to learn about the trolley problem. Michael can't grasp the concept fully. And so while Jason and Tahani are off banging, Chidi and Eleanor get snapped Thanos style to a simulation where Chidi is forced to choose between ever wackier scenarios until Eleanor figures out that Michael is just torturing Chidi again. Tahani and Jason go to therapy with Janet, which leads her to glitch, and Michael finally admits he needs help. Yeah. We get introduced into the trolley problem in this episode, and I feel like this is a seminal episode in this series because the trolley problem is really a big kind of conundrum in moral philosophy, and it really paints this picture of the humans and how they look at things versus Michael, who just doesn't have the same perspective, how they're just, it just doesn't work. They don't live in the same world as far as this comes to. So the trolley problem, we'll just explain it a little bit. Essentially, you're on a trolley. There's two tracks that the trolley can go on. On one side, you got four people. You're going to kill them. No question about it. And on the other track, if you switch, you got one person. So what do you do? How do you make that choice? Can you kill one person because four people live? Do you just stay on the track because that's fair? Do you know any of these people? I love how Eleanor immediately starts asking contextual questions. Do I know any of these people? Do these people (sighs) suck? Do they drive like a Chevy Silverado or something? I mean, there's just all (laughs) kinds of contextual questions that try and help her to deem one's worth in her mind. And this same sort of thing came up in when we were talking about the Meg this week in our other podcast, Nerdy Things Podcast. And I think it came up in uh, the episode I was watching in Origins of New Black. So I've I've heard this same sort of idea pretty much all week for, for the past couple of weeks. And I'm like, whoa, this is interesting that this is happening a lot. But it's something that we always, you know, kind of go through as humans. We have to put value on certain things. And a demon like Michael, he's just like, well, you know, whatever. Well, he, like, what, he's got that, the whole like, thing confused because his first thing, he's just over there like <laughs> taking furious notes. That's all I'm saying. He's taking yeah. furious notes. And he goes, well, clearly the problem is how do we kill all five people? And he's got a drawing and diagrams <laughs> and a I whole plan. The, the like blade on a pole so he can get the, the <laughs> one guy off on the side. Oh, God. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty good. But Chidi has to explain to him, no, it's which which choice do you make? Meanwhile, Jason and Tahani are sneaking away to do the whole thing. Or as Jason puts it, pounding it out. This is still going on. I love it's it. It's still happening. I love it. And Tahani's, I mean, she, I, I don't know what 
Tahani's thinking right now. She, <laughs> she's just like, well, my Tahani doesn't know what Tahani's thinking. She's conflicted. You, you <laughs> no, can see yeah. it. And it, she is. She, I mean, she wants to do it, but she doesn't want anybody to know she's doing it. Yeah, she has no idea what she wants out of this. Well, she knows one thing she wants, but in bigger picture, she doesn't oh, know what God. she wants. Um, this So this episode, it's it's funny how it, when we discuss episodes, some weeks we can go through a linear storyline and it's kind of easy. Some weeks they kind of pair people off so we can go down one storyline, go down the other. This one was like reminding me of a ping pong ball. It was just going back and forth. Mm-hmm. It was yep. very specific groupings. But we, we really have to go back and forth to talk about it. So it's going to be just like, bing, bing, a little game of Pong going on here. So they're um, doing the thing and talking about how Tahani doesn't want anybody to know. And Jason's like, uh, but that doesn't make any sense. You should talk to someone. Anyways, so we go back to Chidi and Eleanor in the kitchen. And Chidi's trying to figure out, how do I get through to Michael? And he has this great idea about maybe he'll use, he'll use a rap musical that he wrote about Kierkegaard. <laughs> Oh, Eleanor says no. He throws a giant heap of paper into the trash. This wasn't something he thought about a little bit. It was a giant pile of paper that goes right in the trash. Like, well, whatever. I mean, <laughs> it's out. cheaty. He spent way too much time thinking about this, but I guarantee this has been in the back of his mind forever. He was just looking Probably. for an outlet for it. <laughs> but he performs oh, a God. little bit of it, and it's not bad. It's not good. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I mean, maybe the subject matter was boring, but if you, I've never seen Hamilton, but I imagine that this was very kind of Hamilton like. And ha! the, like, the beat was Hamilton, and the lyrics yeah. were pretty good. I was surprised. Cheaty had some rhythm. He had some, he had a flow. It was, I, I was digging it. I, I like this, I like this episode because we do see a lot more of Cheaty and him sort of, evolving a little bit more and showing his emotions because he does like we we said in the quotes like he gets mad he gets like really angry and stuff like that so now we're kind of getting into more uh deeper cheaty as him being like a main character because he's trying to teach he's trying to teach and nobody's getting it or some people are getting it michael's not getting it right <laughs> but uh yeah it, it's pretty cool i i'm starting to like really like cheaty a lot more and this episode really helped because it was just like more of him not being super flustered right. all the time. Yeah. And it's kind of like a raw cheaty too. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. um, you get, we're getting deeper into his emotions, but a lot of this stuff is off the cuff and it's, it's interesting because that's not cheaty's MO. That's not how you, how he normally yeah. operates. Um, so anyways, they, they go past that idea and then Tahani decides she's going to confide in Janet about Jason and, Janet says, well, I can be your therapist and reads every book in the history of uh, psychotherapy first, which takes that long. <laughs> She's like, all right. And the, I don't even think she was finished with and the sentence, y'all. right? She's like, I got to do seat. this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's pretty good. She like, does oh, like all the, the therapist things and she's got a great little couch for it. And, you know, it all it all was was a pretty good presentation. But, yeah, it took about an eighth of a second to to read all of the history of of uh, psychotherapy works. But then we jump back and uh, Chidi talks uh, about Michael's homework where he just uh, talks the whole time about how everyone in Les Mis is bad. Those whiny prostitutes are just bad people. Oh, boy. Every one of them. <laughs> yep. Guy steals the bread. Cop comes it. after the bread. Oh, Priest God. is here. And then the whiny prostitutes, everybody in Les Mis is just bad. <laughs> Everyone's bad. Yikes. 
Yeah, so he missed the point of the assignment, clearly, was to discuss the good and bad about people, but Michael just can't see that good. If, if there's little redeeming value, he can't find it. It's just It just doesn't exist in his brain and the way that it functions. So, do we know so far in the story, because I haven't watched beyond this episode, do we know what the actual good place looks like? You would assume it's just good. Or do we have like a, a thought about what the ain't quote unquote angels or the people that work there look like? My my question is like, does would Michael even be able to get them in because he's a demon? Would he be able to like do anything for them if he does change a little bit? Well, because they're trying to, but I don't know. Like, well, Jules, you'll just have to watch and see. <laughs> Okay, you can't tell me anything. All right. Nope, can't tell you anything. <laughs> not so, not yeah, because I just don't know. Like not they're spoil they're it. working so much, they're working so hard to try and get Michael to change and be better, be a better demon. But would that even matter? Like, is he able to like shape shift into whatever angel? Now, now keep in mind, good or whatever? they made a medium place for Mindy Sinclair. So, worst case scenario yeah. here, they could make a demon place for Michael or a Michael <laughs> place for Michael. Or something mm. like there's the possibility if they're going to go all that way for Mindy St. Clair, that if he is not welcome anywhere else, they will find a place for him. Hmm. So and yeah. let's let's think about this, too. Yes, these classes are for supposedly making everybody better and getting them into the good place. But they for now, for who knows how long they have to coexist with Michael. And I think Eleanor is just thinking, let's just make him do this first of all i think it's kind of her revenge torture okay i think part of why she made him agree to this was because of what he put them through and she's like well fine now it's our turn you gotta go through ethics classes but i think also she's just thinking if we're gonna coexist in the same plane we need to get the same mindset so i think that's part of this as well sure so yeah, so Jason uh, now walks in on the therapy that Tahani is having and thinks he wants to be part of therapy. And she's like, no, you don't need to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then says, wait a second, maybe I am a little bit controlling. <laughs> <laughs> she's finally seeing it, maybe, a little bit. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> it took how many tries for her to finally like, well... Maybe I can be a little bit better mm. so that this can work. Mm. <laughs> Whatever relationship it is. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Just a little bit. <laughs> so we cut back. Michael and Chidi are talking back and forth about the the whole trolley problem and all that kind of stuff. And Michael's making a couple of good points. Eleanor tags into this conversation. She comes in the door. She wants to try and mediate. And she uses what I call Kevin's phrase. She said, you know what? He's not wrong. <laughs> and Michael just says he needs the trolley problem to be practical. And I can do that. And they're on a trolley. And they're on a track. Oh, God. And there's people. And there's a person. Cheaty, make a decision. Nightmare. Instant nightmare. Absolutely. I think he was like in the middle of, for the first time, I think he was like in the middle of trying to talk this out in the ways that Cheaty does. Oh, yeah. Long winded, not really coming to an answer sort of thing. And then they just 
head first into them. Well, of course. <laughs> and if you notice, when the trolley is going down the tracks, there's a mo- movie marquee in the background, and it's playing two movies. One of them is called Strangers Under a Train, which is a parody of the <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock Strangers on a Train. Uh, and the other one is uh, Bend It Like Bentham. Uh, who is a philosopher, which is uh, wow. obviously the Bend It Like Beckham, Beckham, uh, Beckham movie. Oh, God. So That's awesome. Just, you know, I love uh, the background of this show. There's always something if you're paying attention. Always little details. So, yeah, so they're going down the track. Mm-hmm. Chidi's trying to talk it out. Of course, he can't talk it out in time. Boom! They splatter into four people and bits go flying all over Chidi's face. Michael says, well, there the people a lot are of real, bits. but the... <laughs> pain they felt is real and then of right? course Chidi's of course. like but the people are on my face so then they restart yeah. and they're doing this thing again Chidi's talking out he goes no I have to switch the track only one person for four but they get onto that one person and it's freaking Chidi's boot friend and they yeah, kill his boot friend boots. and he catches his friend's leg with the boot still on <laughs> it's miserable <laughs> it's amazing oh my god yeah like that whole, I don't know, that the, all those scenes, there was a lot of blood, a lot of bits everywhere, more bits than I expected. And I was like, oh boy, that's a lot. <laughs> a little gratuitous for network TV, I will say. But, but yeah, that's why I was like, so oh, awesome. Back to the therapy. Janet agrees to counsel Tahani and Jason as a couple because she just wants their experience here to be better. And then her thumb flies off. That's yeah. normal. It's like the, As it does it's like the missing sometimes. thumb trick that like your uncle did, but Magicians like do. if yeah. the actual thumb went floating in air. What was that all about? We don't know. Jules. She's glitching. Any ideas? What? Why is she glitching? Cause she's doing the thing. She's helping she does isn't she not supposed to help them out or no, something? No, she's like supposed that? to help or them out. That's her only directive. She is definitely supposed to help people because she is a real good place, Janet. Yeah. So. But they're bad people. Yeah. So doesn't matter. She's there to help people. They're the only people there. Because they're not supposed to be together. (laughs) Essentially, they're not (laughs) meant for each other. They're not their soulmates. Mm, Who knows? (laughs) So anyways, her thumb flies off. Back to the trolley scene, and we've run out of trolley scenarios. We don't know how many times they've run people over and get splattered in the face, (laughs) but there are no more trolley scenarios left. And Michael still doesn't get it. So he decides, let's go to the doctor one. Here's four people. They all need transplants of some sort. Cheaty, you're a surgeon. You can do this. The only person here we can take organs from is Eleanor. Go. And he won't cut up Eleanor. He won't do it. No. Well, he took the the hippopotamus oath. Of course he won't. Yes. He will will do no harm. (laughs) I'll give him this. Clearly, he doesn't want to cut up Eleanor because it's Eleanor. But he does a really good job of justifying it through an actual moral contract, so to speak. Pretty good. Pretty convincing. But let's Mm -hmm. let's face it. If we get to the bottom of it, it's because it's Eleanor. Um. So then Chidi is faced with dying family members, children, and it's just not good. And that's when Eleanor, as usual, busts up Michael's whole plan and goes, wait a second, Michael. You're doing it again, aren't you? Yeah. She knows. And he does one of those laughs again, she, I think. She can right? see through him. He's been him. doing yeah. that laugh. She can see right through him. I that's love great. that she about can. her. 
She always does. She's always she has a bullshit meter like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> well, I think it's cause because she's, she's the bullshit. Ah, there you usually. go. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> ding, ding, yeah, ding. That's why. Jules is the winner. But I love it. Yes. So so Michael does his little maniacal laughter. And then Chidi's really mad and goes, This is funny to you. And he goes, Yeah. I thought that was clear from my laughter. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like like you tried when when we first heard the laugh, we tried to do it and it's like undoable. Like it's only a him laugh. It's just like really an interesting way of being happy, but maniacal. Right. And I'm like, I heard it again. I was like, ooh, <laughs> I like that. And I've still tried it a bunch of times and can't get it right. But I feel OK because I read an interview where Ted Danson says that took a lot of work <laughs> to, to get that oh, the way he wanted it to. So. <laughs> Good on Ted Danson for for his craft. That's good, yeah. But CD, but Chidi, this is where we really see um, his raw emotions. He just looks at Michael and goes, "Get the fork out!" And he yelled it, and it was passionate. And Michael said, "I said, I said, my bad." Uh, but yeah. I said, "My bad." So I mean, Michael's role model here might be Jason. So I'm not sure that that's wrong as far as he knows. Like, honestly, look at who he knows that has screwed up in that way. True. It's Jason. He's modeling his behavior on him. I can hear that in Jason's voice. I said my bad. Yeah. Homie. Right? And it, and you're God. right. Michael has probably gotten more wisdom as he sees it from Jason than anybody. The touch, the touch on the chest. Yeah, the quote unquote wisdom. Yeah, the yeah. touch on the chest, the whole story about the dance crew. It's all been very wise to Michael. So, yeah, he's emulating. Sure. Great point, Kevin. Emulating uh, Jason. No question about it. His whole thoughts about ethics and everything is based <laughs> off of Jason Mendoza. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. That's horrible. So Chidi's on the back patio and he's just staring at a book. And Eleanor comes out and he's she's trying to cheer him up because... Pretty much he's at the point where he's staring at the table of contents of the book because it calms him down. So they have a nice little back and forth. But it was interesting to me because of the work he's done with Eleanor. The Chidi's pretty convinced that Michael can't change because tigers don't change their stripes. People are who people are. Why are we bothering with this? Very defeatist attitude. Mm -hmm. But like I said, also interesting because sitting in front of him is Eleanor, who he's done pretty tremendous work with yeah and they uh michael even said like a long time ago that like she was like peak asshole pretty much <laughs> and now that she's not so much and i think they're so i think michael is what eleanor sort of used to be but he has the ability to do anything so i def i don't know i definitely can see that a michael has a good character i really want him to be a good person because i, I just like the character in general right and Ted Dance is doing really good, but I don't know. It's going to take a while still, I think. I, he just doesn't get it. And he, they were trying so hard, and then he just ends up going back to torturing Chidi. And it's like, well, you know, like three steps back. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, so he's saying how tigers can't change their stripes. And then we get into the therapy session. And Tahani is explaining to Jason that she just doesn't want anybody to know. She wants to be with him, but she doesn't want anybody to know. And he's like, but you're embarrassed by me. And she says, well, not embarrassed. And then he goes, listen, the bottom line is you're mean to me. I am very nice to you and you're mean to me. And Janet says, tell us some things you like about Jason. And she says that he's 
uh, very kind and very generous and naively confident, which then makes him good in bed, which explains this whole thing from the first place. And then, oh, then God. she starts to insult him, just continues to ramp these up into things that are essentially insults. And she realizes that she wants this relationship. She wants it to work. She needs his patience because she wants to change. So clearly there's a theme to this episode. Michael is not trying to change. Chidi says people can't change. But Tahani thinks she needs to change. Question is, in this case, can she do it? Can the tiger change her stripes? What? I don't know. I don't want... I don't know. Jason just seems like such a... Like like a little baby, just like oh here's here's a little baby. He can't really do much for himself, and I don't, I don't know. He deserves better than Tahani, if that makes sense, but does not really. He, <laughs> does, does yeah? He? Does he though? No, in a in a sense, yes, but then mostly. Well, if no. it so, okay, let's posit that Jason uh, deserves better than Tahani. Let's just assume for for the sake of this argument that that's true. I would say that if that's true, Tahani also deserves better than Jason. It's it's one of those yeah. weird flips like you just can't they deserve each other because of that. They both uh-huh. deserve someone better and they're never going to get it. She basically said to Janet, I normally wouldn't sleep with him if he was the last man on earth, which he basically is. She doesn't have another <laughs> yeah. choice. She is out. Yeah, that's pretty I much mean, it. Chidi, that's about it. And she- so in the in the race between Chidi and Jason. She picked Jason. Well, yeah, because Jason would <laughs> yeah. Jason's weirdly confident and would make that move. <laughs> Cheaty would stand there agonizing over it for the next 3,000 years. <laughs> yeah. And to Hani's defense, she does say the most for relationships in on Earth were flings on a yacht or setups that were meant to look good for both of their social standings. So she's not used to this whole like actually investing in a person thing. So dang, I feel that. <laughs> I give her credit Uh, that she's working on it. And Janet does too. And Janet says she's happy for the both of them. Except for then she pukes up a frog. Yeah. Uh, It was better than a cactus. I'm just glad it wasn't a cactus. (laughs) Not again. No. I I feel like we're moving on though. Yeah. So Uh, Michael uh, says that Chidi can't take a joke. But what he's really doing is pulling in Eleanor. He's which we uh, is defined for us by Eleanor as uh, lashing out for fear of failure. And she goes, "We are really very similar." Yikes! What does that say about me? <laughs> <laughs> and she gives him some tough love, uh, as she always does. And, uh, and yeah, and she explains like how they are similar and the things that he's doing that she would do. And I'm like, yo, she's got it. Right. She, she has it from experience. Like, this is exactly what I would do. I know what you're doing. Stop that. And she doesn't hold any punches. She basically tells him you're a bad demon and you're not really trying very hard here. And, uh, it makes him feel better. Right. Sure. I mean, as Mm -hmm. usual, Eleanor's words of wisdom make Michael feel a little better. I mean, even though it was, it was brutal honesty, he needed it. He needed it for, to kick yeah. in that pants, right? Yeah. And he's a demon. He could take right? it. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes in and he apologizes to the group and gives them all tokens, something that he calls opposite <laughs> tortures. <laughs> opposite tortures. Do you mean tor- gifts? I was like, okay. 
Yeah, we might call these gifts or presents, but he calls them opposite tortures. And he gives Tahani a freaking diamond the size of her head, which, of course, she's very oh excited about. And he's like, I don't understand the fascination with diamonds. They're basically just a bunch of molecules that align in the most boring way possible. They're basically meteorite poop. And Tahani goes, and I have the biggest one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like there's no point to it she just has it in her hand yeah. it's like this is not gonna go on on anything. that note i love when he offers chidi something and he's like what do you want a bigger diamond and she immediately is like no <laughs> right <laughs> so eleanor gets her dream which is a shrimp dispenser with all the different sauces. With everything what? all the different stuff but whoa guys don't try the mystery flavor it's white chocolate it's nasty and then sneakily keeps eating it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jason gets a freaking Pikachu balloon and is excited as anybody could be about anything. I died laughing. That was great. Oh my god, Pikachu. And then it it pops and he's like, well, it was Yeah, good. he's still happy. Like, he's done. Yeah. That was all he needed. I thought he'd get a second one. I thought it would come nope. back. No. One and done. <laughs> moving on. Yep, that's it. So Michael offers the thing to to Chidi that he thinks is going to drive him wild. And it's a, a lost journal from Kant with never before seen writings and 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 musings on moral philosophy and, and just everything that Chidi would ever be interested in. And Chidi throws it in the garbage. It's not what he wants. He wants an apology. And Michael gives what appears to be as sincere apology as you can give do you i mean is the is this michael acting because we've seen michael fool people before is this acting or is that genuine what was your take there jules um it took a lot you can tell that chidi was like done with him and fed up because he would not just throw that in the trash like that was that should be the ultimate christmas present of every you know, of his lifetime. And for him to do that, that's when I knew it was like, oh, this is something very serious. And he, when Michael's like, what do you want? Do you want me to so-and-so, so-and-so do all this? Apologize? He's like, yes. And then Michael was like, just kind of owned up to it and said it all back. He's like, yeah, well, I'm sorry. All this stuff. And for now, yeah, I think so. I think it's fine. I don't think it's acting I still on the fence about Michael, though, just changing it all. But I, I think this was sincere. So you're wrong. And here's why. That, <laughs> when he started that, he was not at all sincere. But halfway through, you can just watch him like open up and realize that this is exactly where he actually is. It, this So by the end, he was 100 percent sincere. From the start, mm -hmm. he was zero percent sincere. You can just watch it click over. It's like zero, three, ten, ninety, a hundred. Boom, right there. So mm -hmm. it was almost like Chidi gave him the words and he was just saying it to appease him. But yep. as the words actually came out of his mouth, he started to own them and yeah. It unlocked something. That. It was yeah, yes. exactly. That was the key that was needed to his heart. And so far, the Aww. proof is in the pudding because we fast forward a month and they're getting their papers back and everybody did great. Jason even got like a C minus, which he said, I aced <laughs> it. And Michael gets an A plus, but he's still working on humility a little bit. 
So they're going over the day's plans. Uh, Jason and I forget who else, they have to go and walk under unicorn poop. But then they have to go shower fast because they have to be back here for their ethics lesson. But Jason's like, nah, dog, I can just come right from there. It's okay. <laughs> no. Not, no. not a plan that everybody else is on off. board with. But Jason's just perfectly yeah. fine with walking around all day with unicorn poop on him. Whatever. <laughs> I'd buy it. He would. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Wait, can we talk about unicorn poop? Yeah, though? sure. It smell Probably bad? smells like candy. Like I, I'm picturing like saltwater yeah, taffy. Ooh, I was thinking just cotton candy on the floor, like sure. just like a little big fluffy Maybe. thing. That would be cool. We know. should ask the people who filmed the Squatty Potty commercial. Uh, oh my and god, see what they have to say about it. Yo, I love the Squatty. I gotta get me a Squatty. Well, Y'all it smells like one? ice cream. Then, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't smell like ice cream, but <laughs> it helps. It's a thing. But if you what what does unicorn poop smell like, or what does it look like? Tell us in the in the <laughs> Facebook group. Um, Let's keep it going. Yeah. So then uh, in our normal fashion, because everything's going real smooth this episode, if you think about it, like everything's just cruising along. Character progression is happening. Story progression is happening. They're getting past obstacles. But then Janet comes into Michael in his office and says, yo, just a warning. I'm glitching real bad. I don't know how to stop it. I don't know what its cause is. And I think the whole neighborhood might be crumbling around us. Fremulon. Yeah. So what we know right now is that she's like the most advanced Janet, right? That's the same Janet. This is the same Janet the whole time. And then they said every time they restart it, she's advanced. So they restarted like a ton of times. So she's the most advanced one. We know that she's like, what is she's stolen? She's from the good place. These are all like factors that could be catching up with her. Again, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going, what is, what's happening forward, but I think it's just time to reboot her like all the way. But, <laughs> but that's, that's the problem. What, what, reboot yeah, does exactly. this to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time mm. she gets rebooted, mm. she comes back with, as she said, it more emotional intelligence. So yeah. there's something underlying here that deals with her emotions. And I guess we'll just have to wait till next episode to huh. solve the mystery. Oh, what if she's... <gasps> What if she loves something or somebody? Oh, emotions. That's the most intense emotion, I think. And I'm not, I'm not. Let's go next week. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, once again, guys, what an exciting episode. We thank you for joining us on this journey through NBC's hit TV show, The Good Place. We are Everything is Fine, A Good Place podcast. We are on social media at Everything is Fine podcast on Instagram at Nerdy Things Pod on all the social medias, and www.nerdythingspod.com. We also have merch. Go to our website, check out our merch, Medium Person. Click the merch tab. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Medium Person shirt. It's cool. We have the iTunes logo shirt, and we also have just a shirt that says everything is fine. Yeah. So if you want to go get that, I think they're still having a weekend 30% off. I don't know if it's going to be up still. Probably for the Probably whole not week. for this I don't one. Know. I don't There's know. always sales. The sales. Check it out. Look for a sale. Wait for yeah. a sale. Buy the merch. It's awesome. But thank you guys again for joining us. We love having you on this ride. For Kevin and Jules, I am Tim saying thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.